It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team, every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday... Like today, I'm answering your weekly Friday mailbag question. So if you did not get a question in this week, that's okay. We'll have it again next week, maybe. We do have a holiday, so I'll have to come up with the, an idea of how many shows we've done next week as we have Thanksgiving, which I'm sure everyone is excited about, unless you hate your family, which there's a lot of people who do who might not be excited about it, but at least be excited about the food and be thankful that the Carolina Panthers have Cam Newton back on this roster. It's homecoming at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday afternoon, and I cannot wait to see the atmosphere, the environment that we're going to have at Bank of America Stadium. When Cam Newton spoke to the media on Thursday, he talked about taking back Bank of America Stadium, how it's going to be a playoff atmosphere, how he wanted to bring the pride back to Carolina. And we've had the conversation here on the show multiple times about the frustration that fans have of walking into Bank of America Stadium and getting booed and getting heckled by other fan bases that have turned that place into a home environment for their respective teams. The Philadelphia Eagle fans coming to town and doing that. The Minnesota Viking fans coming to to town and doing it. And of course, the New England Patriot fans who either live here or came to town to take over that stadium. Not anymore. That's not happening on Sunday afternoon when Cam Newton comes back here to make America Stadium. The Washington football team, when Ron Rivera's return, that will certainly be emotional for Ron to be here. He has certainly deflected all week long, just like Cam Newton has. And I brought up the fact that maybe, and it's not a fact, but I brought up the possibility that Cam Newton might have felt a little hurt by Ron Rivera not asking him to come with him to Washington when Cam was no longer here in Carolina, and even before the season going on, um, when Ryan Fitzpatrick, the starter of the Washington football team, went down, that maybe Ron Rivera would want to try and bring Cam Newton in. I can understand that he wanted to maybe move on from Cam, and he knows the medicals of Cam Newton, in, and he wanted to write his own story in the NFL without him. And Taylor Heineke looked really good in that playoff game that we saw last year against Tampa Bay, and he looked good on Sunday against the Buccaneers. So why not try and roll with Taylor Heineke? Either way, Ron Rivera, Cam Newton, they're solid. Cam has said, y'all know how I feel about Ron. I've mentioned that as well. Those guys obviously revere each other. They have a ton of respect for each other, and they had 
many great years here in Charlotte, North Carolina, going to the Super Bowl, going to the playoffs multiple times. Unfortunately, we didn't have the Super Bowl championship that we wanted. We didn't have the back-to-back winning seasons that we wanted, but we had a lot of good times. They had a lot of good times that they shared here together in Charlotte, and they were certainly two pillars of the community in terms of just their charitable works and just being outward-facing personalities like they were here in Charlotte and Cameron, Jarrell Newton, and Ron Rivera. And I am so happy that Cam's back here. I do miss Ron, the kind of man that he is, is someone that you always want to have here in your community. And I wonder what's going to happen in the future. I know he sold his home to David Tepper there in Quail Hollow. Um, I'm wondering if he ever returns back here to Charlotte after his head coaching days are over there in Washington, wherever else he may go in a National Football League. But on Sunday, it's an opportunity for Panther fans to go out there and to finally feel proud about who their football team is. I know the last couple of years, and I mean the last year and a half, there's certainly fans who still were proud of the Carolina Panthers. They still love the team, but it just didn't feel the same. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is seems like a great guy. What he's bounced back from with the knee injury, I give him a ton of credit, but he's not someone this fan base was ever going to truly rally behind, especially given the circumstances of losing Cam Newton, the way that he was, how, how he was asked to leave, and with the pandemic going on, it's just Teddy Bridgewater was not going to be the guy that this city was going to rally behind. The same thing with Sam Darnold. The organization can try and sit here and say that Sam Darnold can be our future and he can be a leader and all of that, but then Robbie Anderson goes on to talk to Josina Anderson, former NFL insider for ESPN. She's now doing her own thing. I think she does some stuff for CBS Sports HQ. And here's Robbie Anderson talking about how the team sorely missed that veteran presence in the locker room, especially offensively, and talking about Cam's energy and his aura. And that's just not who Sam Darnold is. Again, it's fine. Sam Darnold doesn't have to be a rah-rah guy. He doesn't have to be the biggest personality. He can lead by example. But he was not leading by example as he was struggling on the field of play over the last month and a half. But Cam Newton back in here has re-energized this organization. He pointed out on Thursday that he's going to give away 50 tickets to people who have never been to Carolina Panther games. So there again, the selflessness that we are seeing from Cam Newton, who has continued to say, it's not about me, it's about this team. It's about what we can accomplish. I'm not the story. And to go out there and to allow 50 people, 50 individuals who are going to be screaming their heads off because they've never had the opportunity to do so and trying to rally the fan base, which he has done. And there was, I don't think there wasn't a single individual who could get people this excited about the team moving forward in the final seven weeks of the season. Then Cam Newton, we saw it immediately, the impact that he had by playing just nine snaps. His mere presence there in the desert on Sunday lifted the Carolina Panthers to a 34-10 win against the Arizona Cardinals. And yes, credit to Zane Gonzalez, credit to P.J. Walker, credit to the offensive line, credit to the defense that has done everything they can possibly do this season to help this team win. Yes, they all played a role. It's not just one guy. It's a team effort. But that variable that they added in there and just the conversation and the key word that we've heard all week of fun that Chris McCaffrey said, that Brian Burns has said, that Dante Jackson said, that Matt Rule has said, One singular individual when it comes to the Carolina Panthers exudes, personifies that word, that three-letter word, fun. And that is Cam Newton, and let's all have fun on Sunday. Now the Carolina Panthers are back home, 5-5, and welcoming home Ron Rivera and have an opportunity in the next seven weeks to cement their place into the playoffs.
All right, not going to stall anymore. It's weekly Friday mailbag here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back, and I'll be answering all of your questions that you sent to me. Stay tuned. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Using promo code TOUCHDOWN, you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's get into it. It's another Friday, the weekly Friday mailbag. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, at me or DM me with your mailbag questions. Answer them every single Friday, but maybe not next Friday. Not quite sure. So we'll try and do incorporate your mailbag questions at some point next week. Maybe it will be Friday. Maybe I'll be sitting there on Thanksgiving and answering questions. I don't know, Uh, but I will give you an update as I uh, try to come up with the plan for next week's shows. I gave you seven last week, and I've given you five again this week. So I think you only deserve maybe a couple next week. Um, But I'll I'll figure it out. Let's see. All right, starting off here, Matt. Hey, Julian. Hey, Matt. I started listening to Locked On this preseason. I love your show and listen to it every day on my commute. The easy question is, what is the ceiling with Cam back at the helm? I'm more interested in the rule year three plan. Is there a demonstrable difference from year two to year three like we've seen in his previous two stops, especially with the return of Cam? Now, that assumes that Cam Newton is going to be the quarterback again in 2022. And I'm sure probably the majority of y'all just guessing just based off of the reaction uh, the last Six days, or not six days, last seven days, or eight days, however many days we, I can't do math, um, that most of y'all probably want Cam Newton back here in 2022. Sunday was electric. Scoring on the first two plays, like Cam said it, you can't come up with a lie this good for him to go out there. It's a Hollywood storybook kind of ending to a movie, and his story's not over, but you could certainly end it right there, right end scene if you're Hollywood, and Cam Newton... First two touches, touchdown run, touchdown pass. All right, that's it. Roll the credits. What a great story this is for the man to come back home to Carolina. You could certainly do that, but that's not going to necessarily be the case here and how things play out in Carolina. Now, I don't know how they're going to play out at all. I would love, personally, what I want to see is Cam Newton. I think everyone wants this too. They want to see Cam Newton just cook. 
the next seven weeks, get the Panthers to the playoffs. It would be nice to win a playoff game, go on a run. Like, I don't think – now, the NFL seems pretty wide open. I just still don't believe that as young as they are, and still there's questions on the offensive line. They were good last week. Let's see how they do this week against Washington, who started to play a little bit better defensively. Like, that's a unit that I still have questions about with the offensive line, and we'll see, you know, how good he is. But if Cam just turns out to be phenomenal and is everything and more that we would want here in Carolina – I am all about bringing him back. And there's a reason why the Panthers and Cam Newton didn't come to a decision to do a two-year deal. Whatever they're doing is working out for both of them and for the short term. And I think it was the Panthers who actually wanted to do the two-year deal. Why that is, I'm not quite sure. Maybe they just felt like, hey, this we might as well get them under contract and they could still have their options open, even though those are going to be limited by the $18.85 million that's going to be there on the cap with Sam Darnold, whether he's on the roster or not. So I don't know what year three looks like if Cam is here. If Cam's here and he plays well, then year three, the expectation, especially the year of the playoffs, like no matter what, if they make the playoffs this year, the expectation for next year is going to be a pl- the playoffs. And even if they miss it, the expectation next year is going to be the playoffs. How much better are they? Are they going to be in position to compete for the division? Um, the way that this is trending, particularly this year, if they wouldn't go to the playoffs, I would think next year, yes, the expectation should be right there in a division race. And I think that was probably the expectation going to year three regardless. So I don't really know how much more different it looks like because I think the expectation still would have been the same whether Cam would come back or not. At least if Cam comes back and plays well, you have that figured out opposed to if he flounders, then you're sitting here wondering, okay, who's going to be a quarterback next year? And they could still go out there and try and find another quarterback um, in the free agent market or the trade market that uh, this offseason, regardless of how Cam plays. We'll see how it plays out. Um, All right, Will, do you think Cam can make us an efficient offense? We know our team will always have the energy now, but can Cam truly make our offense a threat? Well, he adds, obviously, the run threat. We've already seen that. In the red zone, this offense can be more dangerous than they've been since he left. And we already saw that immediately on Sunday with the two touchdowns that he had in the red zone. Arm strength is probably fine. Like there, I've seen people put up videos uh, from the preseason and in last and in last week, I mean, it's an underthrown deep ball, but how many guys in the NFL every single week have an underthrown deep ball? And it's honestly probably more effective than a perfectly thrown deep ball. Just considering that like you get a flag so many times for pass interference, which is just complete garbage that you're allowed to even throw a DPI on plays where the quarterback has a terrible throw like that deep down the sideline. I think he can be efficient. We've seen the last two years where Cam Newton has started and been healthy and played at least 14 games. It was back in 2018 here in Carolina. And in last season, 2020 New England, he's had over 65% completion percentage, which are the highest two completion percentages in his career. So he's shown that he can play within the framework of these modern offenses and be accurate. I understand everyone's like, oh, Cam always throws the fastball. He's not accurate, yada, yada, yada. And then the funny thing, too, is all those years people complained about accuracy. Teddy Bridgewater was the most accurate Panther quarterback they've ever had last season, and he was hated. So, no, I think Cam can absolutely come in here and do everything that they need him to do. What they, The main thing is they don't need him to turn the football over. If he takes care of the football, that – is going to be enough because that's what has killed the Carolina Panthers the last couple of weeks this season. Every time they lost games, they've lost a turnover battle, and it's been as simple as the quarterback not taking care of the ball. Multiple three-plus interception games by Sam Darnold this season, the fumbles that he's had, uh, holding on to the ball too long. Cam's not going to do uh, – he's held on to the ball too long at some points in his career, but he can't. He can at least get out of those sacks. 
I'm not worried about that when it comes to Cam Newton. I think he's going to come out here and he's going to run the offense far more effectively than Sam Donald could have done because also he has the experience and we've seen him do it before. So whether he's been here for two weeks or had been here for multiple years, I have a lot more confidence in his ability just based off what his resume looks like in the NFL. All right, now we got William. Do you know what's up with Gilmore? I figured he'd be starting opposite Dante and playing a little more than he has by now. I know he was hurt his hand yesterday. Just want to know what's going on there. And uh, here's the thing, like, Stephon Gilmore, he's only played like a couple, like maybe like 12 snaps per game so far so in the season. They haven't needed him to go out there and play a ton of snaps. So when you have Dante Jackson, who's been fantastic this season, had an interception again on Sunday. You've had A.J. Boye, who's played really well. You have C.J. Henderson on that roster. There's not a need for him. And even Keith Taylor, who stepped up and played really well so far, the six-round pick out of Washington. When you have all of those guys on this roster in depth at corner, and he just came back from an injury, he hasn't really played. He's still trying to learn kind of the Phil Snow's defense and they have a package of where they like him to play. And Matt rule brought this up too. It was like, we haven't really needed Stefan to go out there and play a, a ton of snaps. Now moving forward, we certainly would like him to play more, but right now in terms of just out of necessity, they haven't needed him to do that, which is a really good position for the Carolina Panthers to be at. So coming off injury, new team depth at the position, all reasonable reasons reasonable reasons uh, for why Stefan Gilmore has not played like 40, 50 snaps defensively so far this season, but they'll certainly go up as they, we get later here until the month of November and then in throughout December and in early January when they're playing some meaningful, meaningful football in Carolina. Um, all right, Brody. Hey, Julian. Hey, Brody. For the mailbag, last week we used a PJ Cam combo at quarterback, and that worked out pretty well. If you were Joe Brady, how do you not try to do that dual quarterback combo for the game against Washington? Um, was it necessary? Uh, like they, they could do the put P, they could put Cam out wide and PJ behind center and ask him to go out there and play like they could try and have some things up their sleeve I don't really know if that's needed like if Cam has been taking the first team reps all week we know what Cam provides already as a as a uh, rusher and then passing wise I think he'll have a much better connection this week with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore than he had last when he hadn't worked with those guys um, I don't really see what the point of doing that is now PJ Walker said he would love to have a role and they can have maybe two or three plays where they want to try and incorporate PJ we don't need to get gimmicky here just to make PJ feel better and, and to thank him for his services last week. That's just kind of where I'm going with that there. So, yeah, maybe. I, I don't think it's it's needed, but sure. All right, quick pause here, and then we'll answer more of your questions on the other side. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, and if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down, but Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. 
protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouthwatering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check out their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From the NBA, college basketball, college football, the NFL, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, back to your mailbag questions here on a Friday. Alex asked, outside of the obvious choices of CMC and Cam, are there any Panther players that you'd like to see get more snaps as the season goes on? Brady Christensen, right? That's who we want to see play more. He got a little bit of snaps on left tackle on Sunday because Dennis Daly went down. And here's actually some great news. Carolina Panthers had nobody on the injury report on Thursday, which is unheard of. This late in the NFL season, there's been a lot of complaints from players about and Tom Brady is one of those guys who's he has a serious XM show that he does with Jim Gray and uh, Larry Fitzgerald, where he's complaining about the additional 17th game that they now have in the NFL season. And just how many guys already are injured, don't even get to play that kind of that amount of games just didn't make any sense to him. But for the Carolina Panthers to be in week 11 and have no one on the injury report now, that doesn't mean that they don't have guys still on IR, which is still the case, but for all the healthy players that they have on their 53-man roster right now. No one is on the injury report. That's awesome for the Carolina Panthers. Now to your question. Um, yeah, Brady Christensen would be someone I think you'd like to see get more snaps moving forward. Uh, it might be difficult. I don't think left tackle makes a lot of sense. But at left at right guard, if that's uh, available, um, if it's available, I think that's fine. Uh, yeah, Stephon Gilmore is probably who's someone you want to see get more snaps as we just talked about that previously, just based off of ex his experience. He deserves more snaps. But other than that, I feel like everyone's kind of getting the amount of snaps. Like Terrace Marshall. I would love to see Terrace Marshall have a bigger role here moving forward. He hasn't done much this season so far, whether he had the concussion where he missed a couple of games and being a number three wide receiver and just not seeing a lot of targets just because the passing game was just so abysmal under Darnold that – I guess it's hard for him to have any sort of role. So maybe moving forward, we could see more snaps from Terrace Marshall moving forward on offense. So those are kind of the ones I would say uh, as it pertains to who should uh, hopefully get more snaps here in the last seven weeks. Um, D Tucker. Do you think we will see an upped production from CMC with Cam and a double option available? Um, would love to see Christian dominate those short tosses. We already saw on Sunday like that he was awesome. I got to go back and find the numbers here because like Christian McCaffrey had over 10 receptions on Sunday afternoon. And typically when the Carolina Panthers have thrown that ball or thrown Christian McCaffrey that many passes, he's had that many receptions. The Carolina Panthers have, have not had a lot of success in those games that they've played. And I'm going to go, as I'm doing this right now, I'm going to go to football reference I'm going to stall, going to go to his career game logs, 
and I'm going to click on receptions and I'm going to do some math out loud. So receptions, clicking on it right now. All right, his career high was 15. <laughs> Back in that game where Will Greer started, he had 15 receptions for 119 yards. Panthers lost 38 to 6. Okay, doing a quick look at it from he's had 11 games where he's had 10 plus receptions. The Carolina Panthers have only won on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. And then back in 2019, early in that season against the Houston Texans. So they're two and nine when Christian McCaffrey has 10 plus receptions. Um, So history says that that's not a winning formula for the Carolina Panthers. And I think that mainly is because the Carolina Panthers don't have other receiving threats open and they're not, I don't know, maybe they're probably running the ball effectively because they seemingly always do with Christian McCaffrey back out there. So it's probably the lack of reception or receiving threats out there to um, stretch the field for Carolina. That's probably why they've lost those games. But um, I think he's going to be dominant. We saw already on Sunday. Like that's kind of one of the things that was um, forgotten, if you can say that. Christian McCaffrey had a huge day. He destroyed the Cardinals in a great Cardinals defense. And no one talked about it. Well, I'm talking about right now. I think he's going to continue to play that well. And managing his snaps has certainly been smart. Even though, like, when guys like Amir Abdullah, who offers something, and same thing with Chuba Hubbard, go out there and run the football. I think they both had, like, nine carries or something like that on Sunday. Like, they're just not nearly as effective as Christian McCaffrey. So, I get it. You got to preserve them. But, man, like, I hate giving it to lesser players when um, the game is still on the line. Now, if the game's not on the line, then yeah, fine. Go all by all means. Sit out Christian, take away his helmet, don't let him out there on the field like he did on Sunday when the game was already over. Okay, Carl. Hey Julian, loving the podcast so far, even if I did disagree with your Cam takes. Okay, here's the thing. Like I with the Cam Newton thing, I never thought he was going to come back to Carolina. Now I learned my lesson to say never say never. I didn't say that he shouldn't come back to Carolina. I understand that some people are hard at hearing or aren't able to comprehend that um, via text. But no, I never said I didn't want Cam Newton back. And I'm not saying that that's what you said, Carl, that you are saying that that's what I'm saying. But for the folks out there, to be clear, I was not against having Cam Newton back. I'm thrilled that he's here. I just didn't think it would happen. So let's go ahead and clear that up once and for all. And I'm sure people still think the opposite. Um, But here, going on back to Carl's question, I said, wondering if you believe in the O-line being good enough to take this team on a deep playoff run this year. I don't. I do not. Played a really good game last week. Matt Rule said the challenge for this week was to be a team that could be consistent, which they have not been all season long. Like they have the Falcons game where they play well, then they play New England. They're terrible. Can't run the football. And then this past weekend, play really well as a total or as a whole. And the most complete games that they played so far against the Saints week two, um, against the Falcons, like I just brought up, and then on Sunday against Arizona. Can they do that again against Washington, who's coming off an emotional high and a big-time win against Tampa Bay on Sunday? We will see. But the offensive line, Cam Irving's still out right now. So they're starting Dennis Daly again at left tackle. Michael Jordan Seems to have taken a firm grasp at left guard spot. Pat offline looked good in one game at center, but we'll see moving forward. Right guard again will probably be Trent Scott. Eventually, that'll be John Miller back in that spot. And then Taylor Moten at right tackle. I will still continue to say the only person I have a supreme faith in is Taylor Moten. Now, if this is going to be their lineup moving forward and these guys can get some sort of continuity over the last seven weeks, that would be great. I just still don't have a ton of confidence in four out of the five to believe that this offense line is going to be good enough 
to be able to carry them throughout the playoffs. And yeah, you're able to run the football, which they've proven that they can run the football. But Tampa Bay is a tough team to run against. Buffalo is a tough team to run against. And Arizona had been a tough team to run against. But those are going to be the teams that are going to be selling out against the run. And if the passing game doesn't improve to the level that they need it, it's going to be really hard to go out there and win playoff games and go on a deep run. So I think, if anything, it's really can like the quarterback propel you throughout the, the playoffs. That's that's the main key. Like you got to control the line of scrimmage. The defense we know is good enough. Is the offensive line good enough? After one game of Cam back, I don't think you can say that. So I would say wait and see, and I think it's unlikely that they are good enough to deep carry him on a deep playoff run alone. It's a total team effort, but I wouldn't be banking on the offensive line as being the guys who are going to be the catalyst for the Panthers going on a deep run. That would be the defense and then the guy wearing number one back there behind center. All right, final question here. Kurt has a two-parter. Uh, first part, am I misremembering the fact that Tepper fired Rivera out of respect to him to give him more time to find a new job? I thought that was said that was the reason why, but you mentioned it was actually disrespectful in the crossover episode. Yes, it is. Jordan Rodriguez, who covered the Carolina Panthers at that point in time, she was pretty um, vocal about this. But like, yeah, Tuesdays are the off days for teams in the NFL. So to fire someone on their off day, like if you got fired on your off day, maybe you'd be appreciative that you didn't have to go into the office, but you still would kind of be like, are you kidding me? Like you couldn't do this like when I was in there yesterday. That's the thing. He was at work on Monday, nothing. But on Tuesday when he's not there, like, oh, hey, by the way, don't come back to the office. Your key card doesn't work. It wasn't respectful. And he did it with four weeks left in the season. Ron, the NFL coaching carousel and the hiring cycles, as we've seen, they happen throughout the playoffs. Once the season's over, we have Black Monday where everyone gets fired, and then that's where it really starts in earnest, where you're going to go try and find other head coaches. Ron Rivera getting fired with four weeks left in the season did not help him get a job. Like, there's plenty of guys who also were able to get a job at that same time as Ron Rivera who weren't, who were still coaching. Like, what, did Matt Rule, who was coaching Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, did he get a better opportunity? Like, he didn't get hired until January. So I, I don't I didn't understand that at all. So no, it wasn't respectful of Ron Rivera to fire him with four weeks left in the season when you could have fired him the year before, which that's what he probably should have done. You're a new owner. You inherited this head coach. The team fell apart in the second half of the season. Instead of saying, "Hey, Ron, I'm gonna, I'm going to give you another opportunity, and then I'm going to ask you to run a three four and be the DC," he should have just been like, "Forget this. I appreciate your efforts. Bye, Ron. Bye, Marty." And then change things over. But he was going to be patient with the football operation side of things and to try and rebuild the business side first and allow Ron the opportunity while also meddling and telling him how he should run his football team back there in 2019. And things didn't work out, so we fired him with four weeks in the season, but on a Tuesday. like So that was not, that was not respectful in any way. Um, and then here's number two from Kurt. Do you think it was simply Rivera's pride as to know why he didn't bring Newton to Washington football team. Just wanted to prove he could do it with a different quarterback. It could be that. You spent nine years with this this one player. Nine years. And you're tethered together. That's how these things work in the NFL, as you guys know. And there were nine wonderful, glorious, beautiful seasons that had some highs and certainly had some lows. And we had the, the tie situation where Cam didn't start on the Sunday night. And I think with immediately, like, they threw, like, a pick six or something like that uh, with Derek Anderson starting out there. I don't remember. Whatever happened on that 
awful Sunday night football game there in Seattle. But you have situations like that. I mean, you have the injuries, and they obviously love each other and have a lot of respect for each other. It's just I can understand. Like, Cam is such a big personality, and you love him. But he also probably knows more about, you know, the issues that Cam had with his, his shoulder and even with the foot where he's like, I just don't know how much Cam has left in him. I'm sure that maybe he even doubted how much Cam had left in him and that I want to go to another place where uh, it's an organization that needs to be cleaned up and I want to go there, uh, get my bring in some guys who I know can play the system as backups and then see what I can do here with Dwayne Haskins. And he brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, felt like he was a good fit for what he wanted to do. And he just wanted to be, I guess, I don't know if this is, I just, I'm just spitballing here, but I think he just wanted to be the central figure of the organization and do it by himself and prove that, hey, it wasn't just Cam, but it's also Ron Rivera knows what he's doing here. So let me go here to Washington, clean up the organization, run it my way again, and then do it with a different quarterback. So I think that's probably more so what it is than like he didn't believe in Cam Newton, even though he might not have believed that Cam Newton could still get the job done. And we'll see here in the next seven weeks. Like one week, nine snaps is not proof enough that Cam Newton is the answer here in Carolina at quarterback. He can I'm hoping and I'm I imagine he's better than what we've had the last two seasons, but just how much better is he and in what can he be moving forward potentially past this season for Carolina? So that that's there's your answer there, uh, Kurt, as to Ron Herrera not bringing Cam back to with him to Washington. All right, guys, that's it for another weekly Friday mailbag on the Lockdown Panthers podcast. Again, make sure to follow me on Twitter where every Friday answer your questions. You can at me. You can DM me. Make sure to follow me there on Twitter. You can also make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'll talk to you guys again on Sunday around 6 p.m. following the Panthers' win, of course, against the Washington football team. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Keep pounding. I'll talk to you on Sunday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 